0: You're tuned Into Tomorrow, right here on the Advanced Media Network.
1: This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at Blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com.
2: Welcome, Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline.
0: For the weekend of Friday, November 19th, 2021, you're tuned Into Tomorrow during our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech available today and into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline.
1: I'm Chris Graveline.
0: And from the Dexcom G6 Studios, the only continuous glucose monitor FDA permitted for ages two years and up. Visit Dexcom.com That's D-E-X-C-O-M dot com. And isn't this a Diabetes Awareness Month or something? It is, in fact, and I'm glad you reminded me of that because I did want to remind folks that it's a great time to take control of your health and not just because it's Diabetes Awareness Month, but be aware of everything involving your health. So you and I are aware of diabetes every month. Yeah, every day <laughs> of every month. So, But that's kind of how that happens. So, meantime, we got some tech news and commentary. Heidi in Pennsylvania and a whole bunch of others standing by want to remind you, however, that you make the program. And what do I mean by that? Well, your calls, your participation. And especially while there's time for us to send you some tech gifts for the holidays that you can either re-gift, we won't be offended, or as most people would do, and there's nothing wrong with that, keep for yourselves because it's tech. But we want to be able to send you goodies, and the only way to do that is for you to be heard on the air. Chris is going to tell you how easy it is to participate anytime, by the way, 24-7 at your leisure. It's very easy. All right. Well, well, you said I was us. going to say how easy it was. It's very easy. Okay. Give us the three easiest ways for folks to participate.
1: Okay. Well, the easiest way and probably the least amount of clicks is by using uh, our free into tomorrow app. There's a message to studio button. You literally have the one click to okay. send us a message. And it's a
0: very small app. Takes up a little teeny weeny bit of space on your smartphone or tablet. So we hope you search those two words in your favorite app store into tomorrow. Get the app. Hey, if, while you're there, give us five stars and a, and a little rating of some sort if you want, because there's a good chance you'll get some extra prizes. But I didn't say that because that would be like bribing people. We don't do that. Right. No, never. But then you hit that button that Chris referred to. In fact, you, you can mash it if you'd like. Just don't mess it too hard you'll be replacing your screen. Yeah, we don't want to do that because we don't do screen replacements. But we want you to participate, and that's an easy way. So the Into Tomorrow
1: app, that's number one. Just about as easy as stopping by our site at intotomorrow.com and uh, clicking that Ask Dave microphone that's there. Oh, yes, on the right-hand side, depending on what
0: device and browser you may be using, there's a little button. It's a microphone, and it says Ask Dave. You can ask me anything. Preferably related to tech. Preferably. (laughs) Correct. Uh, Or help another listener. We love listeners helping listeners. Or share some tech rage or your favorite apps these days and why. I mean, there's any number of ways. You might say a plethora of ways that you could participate. And with that number two method, you can use any device with a browser and a microphone. Correct. So there you go. It doesn't have to be just your smartphone. It could be anything. Or you can even participate with a dumb phone. (laughs) True. Or use your smartphone as if it
1: were a dumb phone. uh, call the Ask Dave hotline 24-7 at 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. There you go. And I talked about, of
0: course, holiday gift ideas. A new study talks about what states are most likely to encounter porch pirates. This holiday season, as a record $207 billion in online holiday shopping is expected to increase deliveries, obviously. Last year, a record 20 billion parcels were shipped in the U.S., and a survey found 43% of Americans had a package stolen. That's hashtag pathetic and hashtag disgusting. (laughs) Scumbag porch pirates. 43% of us. Had stuff stolen. We don't because we've got cameras everywhere, so that helps. Global supply chain issues will, of course, exacerbate matters by disrupting delivery times during this holiday season. CCTV Camera World released a study on the rise of packet theft or package theft in America using FBI crime data through 2020. The rankings were determined by analyzing larceny theft in each state, the crime category that typically includes package theft. Guess who ranks number one? Washington, D.C. area. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) No surprise there for me, with 3,775 crimes reported per 100,000 residents, while Massachusetts and Idaho residents reported 912 per 100,000. That's one heck of a difference. So, D.C., we're number one. Well, they're number one. We're in Miami, so that's not a You can't break the law when you're the city that makes the laws. <laughs> <laughs> or so they want you to believe. Oh, my God. So, yeah, D.C. ranks number one with 3,775 crimes reported per 100,000 residents. Now, currently, 14 states have passed or are considering laws enhancing penalties for porch piracy with many lobbying for the creation of a new crime category, specifically covering those incidents. And these days, not just pandemic, but more and more people shopping online anyway and getting stuff delivered to their home or office or whatever, making these scumbag, dirtbag porch pirates more eager to grab your stuff. So, We do have some helpful tips to prevent package theft this holiday season. And if you want the whole list of these tips, visit us at intotomorrow.com. Look for hour one of the show of November 19th, and there they'll be. But in the meantime, think about these things. Number one, you want to enable tracking and text alerts. Most carriers, including Amazon, UPS, FedEx, that type, will text you when your package has been delivered. So turn this feature on and then collect your packages as soon as possible. Or ask a trusted neighbor, hey, if you don't mind, would you grab that box for me and put it in your house? Or if they have a key to your house, could you trust them that much? Could you just put it right inside the door? Thanks so much, right? So that's one thing, and it's easy to do. Second, install home security cameras. Because, as we mentioned, we don't generally have a porch pirate issue because they see cameras everywhere. Security cameras serve, if they're visible, see there's the key, as a deterrent. And they have successfully identified porch pirates in the act. So consider smart cameras with AI-based technology that can detect unusual activity, including if a package goes missing. Some cameras will do that now with artificial intelligence. They'll see a package being put down and let you know that something's been delivered, but they'll also see if somebody's picked it up and walked off with it. Well, that delivered package has now been undelivered, something that draws your attention. Number three, invest in a porch lockbox. Several companies now manufacture lockboxes designed specifically to receive your packages. The lockbox will have a code that you provide to the delivery service so they could open it and drop your package off securely. Now, that assumes
1: it fits in said lockbox. Or the delivery person pays attention to notes such as that. Yeah, Or it's not always the same delivery person,
0: so how do you know if they're going to get the info? And how do you know if it's a delivery person that hopefully you can trust? So there's there are those issues, but we're trying to spell out some hints and tips for you to keep your holiday packages and your regular packages year-round. Number four, control the shipping location. If you know you will not be home to accept the package, you can have it shipped to your office or to an Amazon locker, for example, or pick up in a store. UPS, FedEx, they're all doing it now. If you don't want to deliver to your home or office, then you can have it delivered to one of their pickup locations. And generally, there's no extra charge for that. At least you can feel confident because you'll get notification. Oh, your package has
1: arrived at the pickup location. So on your way home, go get it. Yeah, or if you live in an apartment, check with you know the rental office. Many of these leasing offices will, t- will t- accept and hold packages for their residents as well.
0: That's true. If they're a
1: nice rental company. And yeah. if not... Move exactly.
0: So something else you might want to consider. And number five, because I promised you five quick tips, but that hasn't been so quick. But hopefully helpful to you. Ask for nondescript packaging. How many times have you gotten a package that has some electronics company name and logo all over it? Well, that's likely to pique the interest of any criminal. So see if the merchant will use a nondescript box. You know, plain wrapping paper or a plain box. That might just say this side up or something, but it doesn't say Joe's Electronics. You know, oh, great. Oh, I
1: definitely want that yeah. if I'm a dirtbag. If you're yeah. buying a laptop, see if they'll ship it in a dog food box or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but then you're assuming that these idiots don't have dogs. This is true.
0: Or that they can't sell it or other because yeah. that's really the key. You know, it's like they, they steal this stuff because maybe they can use it. But more importantly, they can sell it. And it's not theirs. And don't give me this nonsense about, well, insurance will cover it. Oh, please. Well,
1: and and in in, in experiences that I've had, you'll have trouble finding anybody to to accept the blame for it. The shipping company won't take blame because, well, we we delivered the package as promised and as we we should have. And then whoever you bought it from says, no, we we sold it to you. It was delivered. So once it's at your porch, it's your responsibility. Oh, God. And that's true. Then you end up fighting those people.
0: And uh, so... Hopefully, those tips helped you out again. If you want to review them, visit us at intotomorrow.com. And this weekend's show page, it'll be right there for you. All of those things are important. Yeah.
1: Almost two years after MoviePass declared bankruptcy, it could be making a comeback. A New York court granted co-founder Stacy Spikes ownership of the company, and Spikes hopes to bring back the service next year. Spike said that he bid under $250,000 for the company, though the assets don't include customer data or email addresses. For now, there's a placeholder site where people can sign up for updates. Spike's created MoviePass along with co-founder Hammett Watt in 2011. The idea was fundamentally sound. For a monthly subscription, you could watch a certain number of movies in theaters every month. After buying MoviePass in 2017, HMNY introduced a new pricing plan that for a time let members see a movie a day for just $10 a month. The popularity of MoviePass skyrocketed, but the revamped business model caused the company to burn through hundreds of millions of dollars before eventually collapsing. Yeah, I remember us talking about that for a long time back then. Yeah, because you were one of the first to sign up for it, and I yeah. remember when we did that. I remember saying, "I don't know how long this company's going to survive because how are they making money?"
0: Exactly. <laughs> and sure enough, they had to adjust things, as you mentioned, and that was kind of okay because then I justified, "Well, I'm really not going to the movies that often. I certainly would never go once a day anyway." But. Tried to do maybe once a weekend back in the, remember the day when we could go to movie theaters and stuff? Uh, And when there were new movies coming out every week. Well, here in Florida, now we can again. Of course. Thank you, Governor. Uh, The point is that this was kind of an interesting thing, but yeah, we wondered all along, how were they going to afford to stay in business? And then they made that huge adjustment. It was like, oh, really? Hmm. Okay, fine. You know, still justified it as, well, we don't see that many or we don't have to. And then, poof, they were gone. (laughs) So, I don't know. I wish them well. I'm not going to be the first to sign up, though.
1: Yeah. Because who knows how long they'll be around. And I bet you when they went kaput, you didn't get a refund for your unused months of membership. Refund? You couldn't (laughs) even get a hold
3: of
0: anybody.
1: Yeah. So, no, of course not.
0: Nobody did. T-Mobile's standalone 5G network speeds reached almost 5 gigabits per second, according to the company. Nice. Due in part, of course, to the use of new radio dual connectivity. NRDC lets operators blend spectrum frequencies to increase speeds. Of course, that doesn't mean that we lowly T-Mobile users get anywhere close to those kinds of speeds.
1: But we can always hope for that sometime into tomorrow. Ohio's largest public employee pension fund has sued Facebook, now known as Meta, uh, alleging that it broke federal securities law by purposely misleading the public about the negative effects of its social platforms and the algorithms that run them. No. Facebook misleading the (laughs) public? The lawsuit by the Ohio Public Employees Retirement System specifically claims that Facebook buried inconvenient findings about how the company has managed those algorithms as well as the steps it said it was taking to protect the public. Oh, so they could say, we published them. What do you mean? They're right there. Right. they were buried, of course. The suit also contends claims that uh, Facebook knew that its platform facilitated dissension, illegal activity, and violent extremism, but refused to correct it. The lawsuit filed last week in federal court in California says market losses resulting from publicity over Facebook's actions caused investors, including this pension fund, to lose more than $100 billion. Yikes! And this this is the pension for all these public employees that they're, they're going to be living on once they retire. I certainly hope more organizations Organizations
0: and, of course, more states do the same thing, because at some point we've got to bring Zuck and company crashing to their knees and begging not only forgiveness, but enough already. Uh-huh. I don't hold my breath, but I think it would be something that might work a little in the long run. Heidi in Erie, Pennsylvania. Welcome into tomorrow.
4: I want to watch TV out on my back deck, and I haven't been able to get all of the local channels. So I'm not sure what antenna I should use or if I should just move the Roku outside that I have inside. I was actually on your show earlier and asked about cable, and I did finally cut the cable cord.
0: Good for you. I think that's very important. We'd certainly recommend that. But, Heidi, any old rabbit ears type of antenna should do the trick. Now, you don't need anything special to pick up your local channels outside, assuming you're in an area to do so. If you search, you'll find plenty of antennas that promise range for 120 miles, 200 miles, big numbers like that. Well, feel free to just ignore those. Antennas are subject to what is called line-of-sight propagation. And what that means for you is that if you live in a two-story house in a flat prairie, for example, and you put your antenna on the top floor, you may be able to watch stuff that's coming, I don't know, 60, 70 miles away. Anything over that and the curvature of the Earth will block out the signal. It is possible to get greater ranges, but it usually involves a
1: mast or setting up at the peak of a mountain, for example. Yeah, for what you're looking for, basically any basic cheap antenna should do the trick. And you won't benefit by getting any of those that advertise crazy ranges. If you can mount it higher, that'll probably help you out a little bit as it will help the signal clear obstacles. But you probably don't need to do that in a place like Erie that is pretty densely populated and probably a target for local broadcasters. Just get a simple, regular antenna without any gimmicks, or if you get one of the ones that make crazy claims, don't expect that you'll actually be able to pick up Cleveland Channels just because it happens to be in range of their claims. Now, there's a great site that I came across, nocable.org. You can put in your address, and it will tell you which local stations in your area and if you'll be able to pick them up with an antenna. It's got four different categories for those stations. Likely to receive, 50-50 to receive, challenging to receive, and my favorite, don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least they are <laughs> honest about it. Yeah. And that's good. So, again, nocable.org. And we'll get
0: you there, too, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Let us know.
2: Call us for free information at 1 800 460 1663. That's 1 800
3: 460 1663. Again, 1 800 460 1663.
1: Welcome back Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Check them out if you're looking to start a podcast. Visit blubrry.com. And as you're doing that, uh, stay tuned for the next segment. Uh, Dave will be chatting with Dr. Mackenzie Leistrup. She's the VP and General Manager of Civil Space with Ball Aerospace. Which I didn't know they do as much as they do. She's here talking about NASA's Imaging X-ray Polarimetry Explorer, which will allow astronomers to discover the hidden details of the most exotic astronomical objects in our universe. Yeah, us insiders just call it XB. See, and I always thought that I was the most exotic astronomical object in the universe.
0: Well, you thought wrong, clearly. And hey, I've got a great way for folks listening to participate and win prizes. If they don't have a tech question, if they don't happen to have help for other listeners or share any tech rage, how about this? A 20 to 30 second holiday message, a little greeting of some sort, that we would put music behind. So all we want is your voice only. And again, you can use our app, you can use the 800 number, you can use the uh, the Ask Dave button at, uh, at intotomorrow.com just to participate And mention, you know, happy holidays with a little message, whatever you want to say along those lines. Give us your first name and where you're calling from. And let us know what tech gift you want Santa to bring you
1: this year. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do, hearing from our audience what they want. That's true. What
0: do you want Santa to bring you? So that would be amazing. And we hope that you would participate that way. And then you win prizes for hearing yourself on the air, doing what we call a rejoin, which is where we rejoin the show after a commercial break. So it's really very easy to do. Got it? So you can say, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is that you celebrate, and maybe a message for the troops, maybe a message for the rest of our audience, a message from your family to ours, whatever you want to say. Just try to keep it around 30 seconds, okay? And that would be great. Again, use the Into Tomorrow app or visit us at intotomorrow.com and just use the Ask Dave mic button. You can do that on any device with a browser and a microphone. Either way, visit us at
5: intotomorrow.com. LifeCare Care provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate log, call LifeCare at 800-956-0683. 800-956-0683. 800-956-0683. 800-956-0683.
0: Amid a global pandemic and continued economic volatility, these feel like particularly uncertain times. But you can still plan for financial success. Tommy Walk is a wealth advisor for First Interstate Wealth Management. Tommy, what are the most common mistakes that people make with their
1: finances?
2: You know, Dave, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I usually see is, is people that just they don't have a plan or they just don't even take a look at their finances. And you've got to have a plan going forward, you know, something that outlines the objectives that you're trying to accomplish and that your goals that you want to try to accomplish in the future.
0: Can you give us your three financial tips for staying on the right track this year?
2: Number one, clarify your saving goals. Make savings easy would be my second tip. Start a direct deposit from a paycheck. And then finally, my third step would be review your budget regularly.
0: That's terrific. And Tommy, where can we find more information?
2: You can always contact a wealth advisor at First Interstate Bank. You can also go to firstinterstatebank.com. We'll walk you through the next steps after that.
3: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. Now it's your turn. Are you podcasting you don't need a lot of expensive equipment i'm recording this on my phone what can get expensive quickly is buying clicks advertising on social media you end up paying for one-time listeners instead you want subscribers subscribers who share your podcast with their friends and that is all about your technique and I wrote the book, multiply your podcast subscribers without buying clicks. I'm Holland Cook. Look for my free three minute video, seven ways to supersize your podcast subscriber list and hear a three minute podcast about podcasting. Just click listen to America.com.
0: When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. This our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, including products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things involving science and tech, whatever the case, available today and into tomorrow. And, of course, when you Call in and participate. You make the program. You make the show. Your questions, comments, help for other listeners, whatever the case, we love hearing from you. And you can do that anytime, 24-7, when you've got a question, a concern, help for another listener, whatever the case, some tech rage you might want to share. Do join us again at your convenience, 800-899-INTO, 1-800-899-4686. Or, of course, you can use the Into Tomorrow app and mash on that button that says Message to Studio. A new NASA mission will allow astronomers to discover the hidden details of the most exotic astronomical objects in our universe. That, in and of itself, certainly caught our attention. NASA's Imaging X-ray Polymetry Explorer, or XP, it's I X P E, is a collaboration between NASA, the Italian Space Agency, and Ball Aerospace. Vice President and General Manager for Civil Space with Ball Aerospace is Dr. Mackenzie Listrup. Dr. Listrup, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you?
4: I'm well. Thanks. For, thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. This is fascinating. I don't know if I did it justice in, in explaining when I introduced you, but tell me a little bit about what Ball Aerospace does, and then let's get into XP.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It is very exciting. Uh, Ball Aerospace is a company that builds really everything from scientific instrumentation, spacecraft, full missions, research and development, all things in space.
0: Awesome. <laughs> well, that kind of opens the gamut of all sorts of cool things. <laughs> and and but I understand this is the first space mission that's dedicated to observing polarized X-rays. Now, What does that mean? And how is that helpful?
4: Right. So X-rays are generated by some of the most extreme and mysterious objects in the universe. So black holes, dead stars with extreme gravity called neutron stars, and the leftovers from exploded stars called supernova remnants. Mm. So those X-rays can't be observed from here on the ground. So we have to use a space telescope to do that. What's really uh, unique here is that we're not going to be just taking images like pictures, X-ray pictures of these objects. We're also going to measure the polarization of those X-rays. Now, polarization um, has to do with the electric and magnetic fields of the light. And that can be traced back to the physics that's actually being generated uh, in these objects. We haven't been able to do that before.
0: Wow. So this is really to help investigate physics, then, in these, I guess, extreme environments.
4: That's right. You know, it, it really is going to help us understand some fundamental physics in addition to understanding this kind of astronomy. And of course, you know, understanding fundamental physics can lead to all kinds of unexpected things. And so much of our technology, whether that's our phones or advanced medical technology, has come from, you know, space studies and our understanding of basic physics. So this is this is going to do just that.
0: Oh, love it. And of course, you know, with our show, we talk about things happening in to tomorrow. You couldn't get more into tomorrow than something like this. I think it's truly fascinating. So the uh, IXPE is where we talked about NASA's Imaging X ray polymetry explorer, but you call you call it XP. Um, the collaboration between you guys with NASA and Ball Aerospace, is, is this like you've been working together for quite some time on this? And what do you expect to come of it?
4: Yeah, we have been working on it for a while. Scientists from NASA and engineers from Ball, we've been working on learning how we could engineer a telescope to be able to do this kind of science. And we've been at it for, you know, three, four years. And of course, there was a lot of study that led up to that uh, beginning of the mission. So, um, you know, it's going to be on orbit for two years after it launches on December 9th. And we're really hoping to understand the detailed physics of why these objects uh, emit such strong amounts of energy. How do they evolve? We really don't understand that yet.
0: Wow. So this is certainly going to help to that degree. I'm wondering now if if XP is designed in a particular way, and if so, uh, how does that lend itself to this mission?
4: Yeah, it is designed in a certain way. Since x-rays can't be observed here on the ground, we need to go into Earth orbit so that it can stare out and observe these uh, objects for long periods of time because they're quite far away. Mm -hmm. Um, But due to the nature of x-rays themselves, in order to focus those x-rays, the telescope has to be designed so that the mirrors that capture them and then the instruments that uh, collect all the data, they have to be separated by about 13 feet. So XB looks like a kind of stretched out spacecraft when you look at it. Uh. But it's too long then to fit inside of a spacecraft fairing. So how do you do that? Well, the two ends of the telescope are connected by an origami-like boom. And that boom folds up to a length of only about 12 inches so that it can fit inside of the rocket. Then once it's on orbit... It extends out to that 13 feet distance so that we can observe.
0: So from 12 inches to 13 feet when it opens itself up.
4: That's right. That's right. Again, you know, or, very origami-like and uh, a really clever way of doing this kind of science.
0: Well, wow, that is so cool. And I'm looking at a picture of it on the website. Of course, we'll uh, provide that link. It's a very long, kind of convoluted link. <laughs> so we'll provide that to our audience when you visit intotomorrow.com and just look for the interview with Dr. Listrup. Uh, but it does have a very unusual look to it. Uh, now, let's talk about, because we hear a lot about the Hubble spacecraft over the years and the telescope and then this telescope going out. So how is it different than those? I mean, obviously uh, this one's going to be doing, as you mentioned, x-rays and looking into more things, but I'm wondering how does it compare or does it even compare to these other well-known telescopes?
4: different physical phenomenon so for us you know taking an infrared image of a black hole only tells us so much to understand the physics we really need to go into the x-ray because they're very very energetic and and due to the the kind of properties of the of uh the objects that we're looking at hubble space telescope um which actually ball aerospace built all of the current science instruments on the hubble oh wow Uh, hubble was designed to look at a really broad range of astronomical phenomenon, and also to look deep into the universe to observe uh, distant galaxies.
0: Very cool. Well, see, now that we're learning about all the things that you guys do at Ball Aerospace, we've got to have you on more frequently because there's more to learn, no question. And you talk about black holes. I'm guessing that we have to only look into them. We can't fly something into them because I guess they'll disappear. (laughs)
4: <laughs> that's that's right. Yes, we're definitely not going anywhere near one. Oh, um, black holes are regions of space where the gravity is so strong and extreme that nothing can escape from it, not even light. And we've known that for a while, um, but we haven't known a lot about the detailed extreme physics. So what we're doing is going into low Earth orbit. So we're only at an altitude above Earth of about 540 kilometers. You just need to get outside of, of Earth's atmosphere. And then we stare out. From Earth orbit uh, to these objects, we have to look for a really long period of time because they're far away and uh, and pretty dim. Once the light gets to us,
0: and does it take a while? I mean, is there lag time as we typically hear about before you utter uh, a command? For example, for this particular uh, telescope uh, to be able to do something, I mean, that's got to have you guys sitting on pins and needles. Sometimes it's like, okay, we've asked it to look here. How long does it take before it can see something?
4: Right. Luckily, it's since it's not too far away, it doesn't take a long time for the commands to go up to the spacecraft and for the data to come back down. But it can only do that when it's over a receiving station on Earth. So as it orbits, once it comes into range of one of those receiving stations, it'll send down the data and we can send up commands. And then, of course, a lot of the software has been designed uh, to be uh, automated on the telescope.
0: Oh, I would imagine so. This is truly fascinating. We look forward to chatting with you again. And good luck with the launch. You say that's coming up December 9th. So it's uh, very soon. Got You guys are are certainly, as I mentioned, pins and needles uh, in anticipation of this, and now so are we, since we know so much more about it. It's really very fascinating.
4: Yes, thank you.
0: It's our pleasure. Where can our audience learn more about it?
4: So you can go to ball.com, B-A-L-L.com, or nasa.gov, and the launch will be broadcast live on NASA TV. It is in the early morning hours, so uh, might not be able to to get up and watch it, but it'll be rebroadcast over the NASA YouTube channel.
0: Uh, love it. And, of course, we will send you a particular link. Anybody in our audience that wants to visit us at intotomorrow.com will have the link that gets you to this particular XP program. Dr. Listrup, thanks so much for joining us on Into Tomorrow, and we wish you much success, and we'll be following along with you.
4: Thanks so much for
0: having me. It's our pleasure. Wow, fascinating. So do visit us at intotomorrow.com. It's a long link to get the specifics, but we'll get you there. And then you can learn even more. And, of course, stay tuned because we will follow up as things progress with this particular mission. Intotomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline. We continue to bring you further into tomorrow. Stay tuned
5: right here on the Advanced Media Network. Attention, Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093.
0: As always, Into Tomorrow Remind you to check your spam filter and don't forget to uh, also back up your important data. More and more people are telling us they find us in their spam filter.
1: And don't forget to mute your phones when you go into a studio to do a radio show. You mean the little ding you just heard? Yeah.
0: That's because the guys out front are washing the cars and Uh it happened to be one of them dings for motion. Which I thought I snoozed. <laughs> so, yes, we always remind you of all sorts of important things. And you might ask, who are we? Well, we is
1: Dave Graveline. And Chris Graveline. There you go. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Autonomous. How today works from home. See your new home office at autonomous.ai.
2: Jump aboard the time machine. you got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history.
4: Here's Chris.
1: Here's Chris. This week, back in 1877, Thomas Edison demonstrated, did I say seven? You said 77. And And I I thought that perhaps was a very unique year. Yes, well, it's, it's the year that Thomas Edison demonstrated his phonograph for the first time. Oh, good. Originally intended to be used as a dictating machine, this invention proved very popular in the field of entertainment. I'll bet. Speaking of entertainment, in 1889, the first jukebox was placed in service in a saloon in San Francisco. 103! I don't think that was the jukebox. Not quite yet. No, no. Uh, juke at the time was a slang word for a disorderly house or a house of ill repute. Uh, the unit, developed by Lewis Glass, contained an Edison tinfoil phonograph with four listening tubes. There was a corn slot for each tube, and five cents bought a few minutes of music. The contraption took in $1,000 in six months. Cool. <laughs> so it was a success, I yes, think we could say. I think yeah. so. In 1960, the Tiros 2 weather satellite was launched. Tiros 2 was designed to test experimental television television techniques, and infrared equipment for a worldwide meteorological satellite information system. Easy for me to say. Yeah, wow. That's had, a mouthful. I, I actually had to practice that a few times before the show. Did you? Yes. Oh. What was that again? The worldwide meteorological satellite information system. Ah, oh, darn. You got through it. <laughs> in 1992 this week, the first smartphone, the IBM Simon, was introduced at the now defunct Comdex convention in Las Vegas, Nevada. No! for those of you who thought that the iPhone was the first smartphone that was not it was not no this was many many years earlier and this week in 1995 toy story was released by pixar animation studios as the first feature length film created completely using computer generated imagery Pixar was co-founded by the man who brought us Apple, Steve Jobs. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. That's our look back at this week in tech history, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show since 1924 for consumer tech and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. Well, there you go. I think that's the end of that.
0: Donald in New Mexico listens online, and we love you for it, using the Ask Dave button. At into intotomorrow.com, hey eh, Donald
4: and some computers to make a CD a DVD eject when it doesn't want to eject you can use a paper clip in a little hole and force it to eject mm-hmm. Now I have a sound system, a Bose
2: specifically
4: and it has four slots for CDs and one of them is stuck. I can hit the eject button, and it'll eject all the others, but not one of them. What can I do? Is there a similar trick to ejecting a CD when it doesn't want to eject?
0: Yes, it's called a mallet. Make sure it's a rubber mallet, though. You don't want to do too much damage. Oh, no. Don't no, don't suggest no. that? Oh, all right. Well, Donald, there probably won't be anything like you're describing to get that tray to eject. Bose obviously made many different systems over the years, and your mileage may vary, but holding down the eject button for about 30 seconds will oftentimes reset the software in some Bose models. Now, if this is being caused by a software glitch, that reset, might solve the problem realistically that probably won't do it and your options from that point become brute force aha see i said mallet but not necessarily in that manner
1: Uh, or to try to take it to bose or even a third party store for some hopeful servicing yeah bose may not take it anymore Uh, like most audio products theirs have moved away from cds and towards digital files and streaming so you may struggle to find official support for an older system Third-party repair shops can probably handle it, though. Uh, The solution is probably going to be to force the tray out and see what's been jamming it. Worst case, the shop may be able to replace it with a generic replacement. Yeah. And, of course, Donald, uh, if our suggestions so far
0: don't work, stay tuned because I love our listeners and so will you because listeners helping listeners, some great calls, and maybe someone else has a similar or had a similar issue, and they can tell us how they took care of it, other than replacing the stuff altogether, which is generally not an option. We always try to come up with more options for you. Check everything out, including all three hours of the weekly broadcast. Yep, three hours at intotomorrow.com. We can also snag our free podcasts.
2: Call us for free information at
3: 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663.
0: With yet another reminder to always back up your important data and always, frequently, is that always frequently? That's correct, I think. <laughs> Check your spam filters often and regularly because you might find important emails that you wondered why you haven't you been getting, and there they be. So mark
1: them as not spam. Including anything from Graveline.com. Right, like the email I had sitting in my spam filter from my Nigerian relative telling me that I just need my bank account information so they can transfer my million dollars to me. I, I wouldn't uh, mark that one as not spam. Oh, okay. Uh, just to be safe. Yeah. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available where you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 if you'd like more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000.
0: Dawn in Middletown, Delaware, listens on Delaware's News Radio. W-D-E-L. Welcome into Tomorrow, Don.
5: So I was looking into purchasing a laptop, and I wanted to get as much memory as possible. Looking at the one terabyte HHD, which I um, believe it's a mechanical hard drive. And then out comes these devices, laptops with, say, 256 SSD. And I asked the clerk what the difference was, and she said the SSD is a solid state device. And the HD is a mechanical hard drive, okay? My question is, how does the uh, the uh, mechanical hard drives equate to a memory quantity as the SSD cards?
0: Well, Don, they're very good questions, as a matter of fact. The storage capacity is what the number says on both SSDs and HDDs, so solid-state drives and Hard disk drives. In this case, the one terabyte hard disk drive will be able to store roughly four times the data that the 256 gigabit solid state drive can hold. Now, you'll find that traditional hard disk drives are cheaper than
1: solid state drives of similar capacity, and there's a good reason for that. Yeah, SSD are much, much faster, particularly their read speed is much faster. The difference is enough to be easily noticeable by regular users. If you swap out an HDD for an SSD, it often feels like you upgraded the RAM. The computer just feels much faster. Uh, If what you're looking for is the most storage you can get for your money, uh, the HDD is the way to go. Uh, But since you're purchasing a new laptop, you may want to have a good look at computers equipped with SSD, too, just because of how much better the performance is. Um, If you don't want to spend the money on a 1-terabyte SSD, you can still use an external drive to expand your storage, and the benefits in how quickly the laptop boots up and generally operates will be very noticeable. Yeah, we've said since they've come out, since before they've come
0: out, really, when we had some initial uh, test units and evaluation review units, once you go SSD, you never go back. Uh, with the exception, like Chris has a lot of hard disk drives in the control room where you store video, including raw stuff and final product and so forth, because that's fine. And it can just sit there. It's not being abused or banged around or traveling, that kind of stuff. And the hard disk drives are far cheaper and bigger, so it's easy to store stuff. So keep that in mind. Into tomorrow.com for more.